Hello, and welcome to Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and I believe everyone should be living the life of their dreams. This show is going to be a weekly dose of magic to help guide you to living your best life. When you feel good, then success in all areas of your life is easy to achieve. I love to empower people to discover their dreams and to ignite their lives. This show will be full of personal development stories and skills to help you take your life to the next level. My guests will be health and wellness experts and amazing spiritual beings, as well as everyday people with stories and lessons to help guide you through the ups and downs and help you get one step closer to living the life of your dreams. I want this podcast to be real and unpolished, full of honesty to show the realness of life. Here's to living your best life with gratitude and love. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and I am so excited today. You know, I don't even know if I want to say excited, but I am honored to have a real-life conversation with my dear friend, Dr. Janet Fenneman. Welcome, welcome today. Hello. Thank you so much for welcoming me and for having this. This podcast is growing and going so well. It's so inspiring and so real, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. And and thank you for being a part of this with me. So I would love for our listeners to know that Janet and I are going to be recording the first episode every month. So the first Tuesday every month. And we would love to have you guys send in questions. We want to do live on the air questions. So please, any questions you have for Janet or myself, please So you can email me at coachnicolewinley at gmail.com and Janet, your email? At Janet at com, And we will put that in the show notes so we don't have to spell all that out for you guys. So it will be in the the show notes. (laughs) I've known you for seven years and I still have to look to spell it. No, I know. I don't expect anybody to know it. (laughs) But I'm excited to be able to answer questions live, right? Yes, really. I think that's going to be so good. So today, you guys, Janet and I, you know, we're kind of just chatting beforehand before we recorded. And, you know, I said when I did this podcast that I wanted it to be real and unpolished and the real authentic. This is Nicole. This is who I am. And we're not really going on what we had planned to, but we can't help but talk about where we are in this country right now and all the things that we're going through, especially this past weekend. I mean, you guys, I was explaining to Janet that, you know, with all of the peaceful protests that have now turned, well, I don't want to say turned into, but they have gone into the rioting and looting and such at night. It's been hard for me. It's been real hard for me. And I did get sucked in to the media and, you know, I coach and I say it and I preach it all the time to, you know, stay informed, but only, you know, only watch that news for 10 or 15 minutes. And I was watching it for hours on end and utter disbelief that this is happening in the United States of America. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody is feeling some level of trauma right now. You know, I think for some of us, we're not used to feeling that level of trauma. And so it is sort of an, not an adjustment, it's just unexpected and we're not used to it. For many of us, we have histories with trauma. And so that's being 
you know, reactivated and re-traumatized. And first, you know, some of I could is, definitely say that it has brought up yes, right. past trauma for me. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. No, of course, of course. And so I think that that is something with all the stuff going on with COVID and with the stuff that's now going on with the unrest and the protests, with any trauma, like trauma doesn't just have to be personal, right? That anything that's any kind of change or upheaval or destruction in the environment, in our society, that that is trauma that we experience through our lens. And part of our lens is our history with trauma, right? And all of us have different levels of that. And a lot of times, whether it's a road rage on the street or an interaction within a couple, you know, so often what's going on is actually a trigger from our past, from our past traumas. And that the way that we're going to respond to crises in the world is going to vary depending on our traumatic history, our history of trauma, and also how healed we are from the trauma, what tools we have to recognize and deal with the trauma, but that to some degree, you're never healed enough to not be triggered, right? We're all going to be, we're all being right now triggered from our own, through our own lens and in our own situations from now, you know, months of one trauma on top of another trauma. And then for many people, it's been, you know, years and lifetime of trauma before that, you know, some because of the color of your skin, some because of the family you were born into or the socioeconomic, you know what I mean? We, we don't know what everybody's carrying around, but it does all get triggered. Well, I'll tell you, I went to bed last night fearful. To, you know, when I, I was up stressed and panicked and, you know, I mean, I have the tools to not be there. And, you know, this morning I woke up and I said, it's a new day. It's Monday. I woke up with a smile because I always like to wake up with a smile. And, you know, I did my live that I usually do in my Facebook group, believe it or two, but I can go yeah. ahead and I can plug that in here. Yes, which is great. Everybody <laughs> should tune in. Every day you're there. You show up every day. It's amazing. <laughs> you give me raw and live every day. Yeah. But I wanted to be honest. And, you know, I say to fear distance, you know, and I, I stand by that. And, I say, you know, I was taught by a mentor of mine, like to cut the head of the monster off as soon as it shows its face. And I didn't cut the head of the monster off. Mm-hmm. I let it mm-hmm. sit around for a while. But, mm-hmm. you know, when I did, I made the decision to, to turn off the media, turn off the news. And, you know, I respect them. I don't personally know of the people that work on these news networks and they're doing their job, but their job is to project fear into us. And I really felt like they were pouring gasoline onto a fire. Yeah. And it, yeah. was, it was making me so angry. And so I had to cut the head of the monster off. I had to stop. Yeah. And so today I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not turning on the news. And I haven't yet. So I definitely want to stay informed. Right. But I want to, and I told a group this morning, one of my masterminds that I'm in, I said, I really had to last night, I had to believe and trust. I had to believe that I was safe. I had to trust that I have done everything I have done in my life to protect myself. And I locked my doors, shut my blinds, turned on my alarm, and I had to believe, really dig in and believe and trust. 
and have that faith that everything is going to be okay. And my heart was aching for all of this anger and all of these people in the world. But I really had to dig in and I really, really, really had to, you know, have some faith. And that's how I was able to go to sleep. Right, right. Well, and so what I had already, before this unrest happened, I had already been thinking through the whole corona thing of that as tragic as these events are, and this is in no way to minimize the tragedy in any way, but as a way to kind of honor the pain and suffering and loss and sacrifice of everybody involved, to me as a therapist and a coach, right, is how do you learn and grow from the tragedy? You know, in my office, when people come in, although people will be coming in now with you know, pain and anxiety around things happening in our country. But tip, and that happens at other times too, but typically people come in with a personal loss, you know, a death or a divorce or an illness or something. And I never say, well, everything happens for a reason because like I was listening to your podcast with Gina just today, you know, when, when somebody loses a child, you can't say, well, everything, you know what I mean? happens for a reason. Like that just doesn't ring true. But what I'll say is you didn't ask for this, right? You can't control the hand that you're dealt in life and you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you choose to respond to it. How you react, yes. So what I say to families all the time when they come in in that moment of pain, and I think you and I had this conversation early on too, which is what you can decide that you are going to get stronger and better through this, right? And then when people come in with families that you and your family will grow stronger and closer together. I can't, you know, I don't have a magic wand. I can't promise anything else. I can't, you know, promise that the person who's sick is going to get better. I can't promise that your husband isn't going to leave you. I can't, you know, I can't bring somebody back from the dead who's gone. Like those were the cards that you were dealt. And you gave me, you helped give me the tools to live life with a tragedy and live life. So, (laughs) And so that's what I've been thinking, right? Is sort of, so how do you translate that, which goes on one-on-one in offices here, you know, in therapy offices around the world? How do you translate that to people on a larger scale now? And so I think what's important is to face the tragedy and the trauma that's happening, to face how it's triggering us, what it's triggering in ourselves, so that we can grow. Grow through this grow through this, that we can grow stronger in ourselves, but as a society too. And so if we typically don't live with fear and now we do, or if we have been very fearful in our lives and have overcome it, sort of like you have, and now there's like another trigger, that's real for you. That's a real experience. And so then how do we grow through that? You know what I mean? We grow, our faith grows, our confidence in ourselves grow, our empathy and compassion and understanding of other people can grow. It can make us think, gosh, you know, it's been a long time since I was scared to go to sleep. And for people, you know, there are a lot of people throughout the world who are scared every day and every night. And so there's the growth, right? Is that if we don't look for the growth, if we don't you know what I mean? It's not even like look for the silver lining, but if we don't look to grow and change and get better as individuals and as a society. And have compassion. Have and have compassion and empathy and to learn about ourselves, to learn about others, to listen. If we don't, then all of this was in vain, right? And 
that dishonors the memory of everyone hurt and suffering through forever. And if we can really look within and grow, be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing to face the head, you know, that you were talking about, to look at the things that feel ugly or dark or scary inside of us, that then at least there is purpose. You know, in Buddhism, there's a lot of talk about suffering and that we can sustain suffering. I think it was Nelson Mandela who said, you know, as long as there's, or it's Viktor Frankl or something, but as long as there's meaning in the suffering, we can endure forever. The only way that we give up in suffering is when there's no meaning to it, right? And the meaning is that we can grow, that we can find a way to heal and move a little bit forward. Right. Right. Yeah. And now more than ever, you know, I love to talk about my tribe and that your tribe is so important. And I've had so many people say, I'm getting off Facebook. I can't deal with all this negativity. And I said, well, what, what are you talking about? Like you get to control your Facebook, you know, stand guard at the doorway of your mind, stand guard at the doorway of your Facebook. But, you know, groups are so important and it's, you know, your tribe, who you hang around, what are you filling yourself up with? And, you know, I was fortunate enough that last night I was on my mastermind call with you that you lead on Sunday evenings, which is everything to me. So you guys, Mm -hmm. I can't express to you the importance importance of who you surround yourself with and groups and filling yourself up with great stuff on Facebook, you know? So, but I was fortunate enough to be on a phone call with you and my group on Sunday night when we started getting these alerts. Right. And so thankfully, you know, I had that, I had you and I had my other crew, my other tribe members, and we kind of were able to talk it out and kind of get through it together. Yeah. 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 And that's the beauty of, of all of this. So many people, you know, get, they get caught up into the downward spiral, the rabbit mm-hmm. hole of the negativity and being uninformed. Like I got a little panicked last night because I did see stuff on social media that, and I was like, oh, is this really happening? And I was like, mm-hmm. Nicole, you need to be more informed before you get panicky, you know? So you know, it's, it's important. It's important what you're filling yourself up with. Yeah. Yeah. And I and really who that, you're filling yourself. Yeah. I really hope that that's another lesson that we can all just worldwide. None of these are easy answers, right? I mean, you know, these are deep, complex, systemic issues that we're dealing with. But I do hope that that piece about just the media is something that is a place that we can all grow a little bit through all of this regardless of what political leading you have or what channels you watch or whatever, the media is extremely sensationalist. Oh, it's their job. They want you to stay listening, so. Right, right. And so, you know, with corona, right, the story was of the deaths rather than the recoveries. And right now, in the wake of all this, the story is the looting and so forth, rather than the peaceful protests. And we just know intellectually that that's always that's you know what I mean. That's that small portion of it. But when we see it all the time, and we don't see the positive, we don't make a conscious effort to look for that. Then it does affect our nervous system and our beliefs and our mindset and how we feel and how we treat each other. So 
so that's a little bit of what I would say, you know, when people say I got to get off Facebook and, you know, the negativity and all of that. And I, I get that. And I think for some people, social media is probably not the right place, but yeah, because I can't, they can't pull themselves away. They can't stop. Yeah. Right. You get really sucked in. And then there's just, and even when there's positive stuff, then there's comparison, you know, there's comparison. I think they're so happy and I'm unhappy. But, you know, you and I, we both, we have very similar feeds, right? You know, we're very clear about who we let in and who we don't. And it's all very, you know, smart and positive and true in the higher truth sense. And when it isn't to look for it, you know, like. It's out um, there, man. It's out there. I mean, I have. Yeah. My social media is beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And even with news, you know, you can even look at it like on Instagram, David Muir, who does like the world news tonight or whatever. He has an Instagram and he had like a, I don't know, a montage or something of images of police officers and protesters, you know, walking together and marching. Joining to, together. To yes. Holding right, joining together. Right. You know, embracing, police officers. Yeah. In, in uniform, holding up signs that say Black Lives Matter, you know? And that isn't to minimize the ones who don't think that way, but we have to be very careful about how much we let into our consciousness and to be sort of have discernment about the scope of some, right? You know what I mean? That you want to be careful that if some of these pictures, just because you're seeing them all the time, Oh, yeah. And not seeing other ones all the time isn't necessarily reflection of the truth. I know, Janet, I asked you this in the beginning when when you and I were chatting before we hit record and speaking of images and what you can see and you have a son. Yeah. He is 11. He's 11. 11. And so how do you even approach this? What do you recommend for how you approach this with children? Because this is a lot. This is a lot for me. So I can imagine it being a lot for a child. Yeah. I mean, I think it's everywhere. Right. I think it's a good question. And so I think it's going to depend on the age and developmental stage of your child or children. And it's also going to depend on your race and your sort of socioeconomic background and so forth. So for my 11-year-old white, blue-eyed, blonde-haired boy, with this and with everything, I am as honest as I can be without getting into too much. And so he and I have had very honest discussions about race from the time he could talk and as well as about gender and sex and bullying and whatever, you know what I mean? Things that come up to not be afraid of those things, to talk when feelings come up, to talk about feelings, when something scary comes up or confusing comes up to talk about it. When there's something scarier or unjust in the world to be able to talk about that at that at their developmental level. And kids understand. They want to know and they can understand. And for the most part, I think they're not then sort of like, you know, traumatized and ruminating on it. But I think that if you are a white parent with white kids, it's important to give, especially if those kids don't have a diverse friend group and community, it's really important to sort of explain the context and well, when, you know what I mean? If you go out, so for instance, with my son years ago, conversation that we had was that some of his friends are black in the neighborhood and their mom, so this was my white privilege, right? Their mom said she wanted them, they were playing with water guns. And as they get older, the guns start to look a little bit more real. And he, oh. wa- she wanted them to play in the backyard instead of the front yard. 
with the guns. Now, for me, as a white mom with a white son, it didn't occur to me, right, to be honest. It didn't occur to me that that would be risky to have my kid run out in the street with a toy gun. Of course, we know that there have been incidents where boys, black boys, have been playing in their yard with a water gun and had somebody not black thought that that was a real gun and that they, you know, shot at them. So that's a reality. So when that happened, and that was years ago, you know, we talked about that, you know, your skin is white, their skin is brown. I get that doesn't mean anything to you at this age, but in the world, people perceive that differently. And so I know it seems crazy to you, but somebody might be scared to see and think that it was a real gun. And they wouldn't if they saw you, but they would if they saw that. And we were able to have that conversation. He wasn't, I mean, you don't really get it because it's just a hard thing to get, right? As an adult, that's a hard thing to really get. But you get the layers you start to kind of scaffold those experiences so that then when we had the conversation to this weekend, you know, when he said, what's going on in Minneapolis? Because he saw it on the news, right? Because he saw it on the news, Mm -hmm. right? Because now he has a phone and internet access and all of that. Then, you know, I could have an honest conversation. And I went back to that. Remember that time. Remember when we've talked about that when you're with this friend or when you're this friend, it's different and that they have a different experience and, than you, and that we have, have an obligation to understand that, to have empathy and compassion for that, and to spot it when we see it, to stand up for our friends and neighbors, and to do whatever we can to change that for that generation. So if he was 15, we would have a much more in-depth conversation about that and I don't know it was we've had some pretty in-depth conversations you know his school is really good about talking about injustice and racial inequities and oppression just in general they've done a lot of studying about you know slavery in the civil war and about civil rights movement he's read a lot of books you know about different civil rights actors and activists and so I think you want that I think you don't want your kids to be in this sheltered bubble, bubble. In this sheltered bubble of a world that doesn't really exist because then how are they prepared when they get out in life, right? And we're very fortunate that we have some, you know, we live in a very white area, but that we have, you know, some diversity, that he's able to have friends of different races and different cultures and you speak different languages. And that's helpful. And I think if we didn't have that, it would certainly be important to try to find that exposure, even if it's just in the books that you watch or the shows that you watch. I think children's shows are much more inclusive than they've been before. Just so everybody, you know what I mean? So that's normalized. So it's, you know, it's not this then, because we fear what we don't know. Right, right. And I feel, you know, and I've even said it, I think you and I discussed it on a previous podcast, where I felt like I was living in a bubble here in Florida with COVID, you know? Yeah, yeah, Because uh, right. it's like, it's not really happening. I mean, everyone's just acting. Right. I'm like, I have to acknowledge that there's death and destruction with this, not just in the United States, but right. all over. And right. here we are, you know, people getting angry because they're asked to wear a mask. And to me, it's respecting thy neighbor. Right. Putting on a mask to me is to have respect for others. And that's where what we need to do now is we need to have respect for everyone. Yeah. And you know what I would say, Nicole, is that that 
ability that you, with the COVID and the mask, to be able to get to that place of having respect and empathy and walk in somebody else's shoes, some of that is the result of you having had trauma, you know what I mean, and feeling misunderstood and marginalized and, and alone and sort of and uncared about. And then, so being able to have empathy with what that feels like and to be feeling scared, right, and sort of at risk. And then to also then heal that trauma so that when the trauma came of COVID, you had already gone through your own personal trauma. And so you had the skills to be able to take that deep breath and to say, okay, well, so while I am not hugely at risk for this, I can have respect for others and I can manage my anxiety around this. I can manage the restlessness that comes from being cooped up in the uncertainty and, you know, the financial impact. And it's the same with, you know, the fear that's coming since the George Floyd killing, like that's this, another trauma that brings up for people. And if the more we're healed in our own trauma, then the more we can see each other's perspectives. And the more that we can do that, then hopefully the more we can find a way to, you know, to live peacefully together. And I'll tell you, great way uh, for me to segue into this is, you know, I woke up this morning and I was like, with a smile. I try to wake up every day with a smile. I mean, just, and you guys, if you're listening right now, seriously, like whatever you're doing, sit up, put your shoulders back and smile. Ah! I'm like, it changes everything. It just, and smile. It just, it really, it just changes everything. And I thought I'm going to really get in it do a deep, deep meditation today. I just really needed it. And I have studied pranic healing and, you know, energy healing. And I just really just breathed in just pure love, pure joy and pure, clean, good healing energy. And I literally was sending it out and visualizing, just sending out love and kindness through the streets of the entire country. Like that, to me, I was just picturing anybody who's hurting or crying or, or angry. I just was sending out, I just want to flood the world with love and kindness. I honestly do. And, and if I can get one person to do that, then that lights me up. But that's truly who I am to my core. And, you know, I just want to stop the pain. I, you know, I hope that a lot of us do and the, the sadness. And I just, you know, I just picture the sadness on people's faces. And I just, yeah, you know, let's just live. Let's all live with grace, gratitude, and love. And I said that in my live the other day, I said, imagine if every person woke up today full of grace, gratitude, yeah. and love. Oh, just for five minutes, you know, just, just fill yourself up with that. So that's what I I would love for people to get out of this podcast for me today. I love so that. that's how I will wrap things up. But Janet, how would you, what do you want people to, to walk away from listening to this podcast today? I guess I would say sort of to follow up on that with what you just said is to do what you can, you know, like that's the perfect thing for you to do. Is that, you know what I mean? That's what you're good at. That's your little sphere of influence. That's you know what, what helped I mean? me. Mm -hmm. That's what helped you, right? 
And, you know, for some people, it's maybe, you know, be writing letters or going to protests. For some people, it may be working on trainings or something, you know. And for some people, it may just be about healing their own pain and trauma rate, helping their family to be better, you know, helping their family to be more loving and compassionate and empathetic. And maybe it's just reaching out to neighbors and to people different from you and listening, you know, and just hearing other people's stories. So it's a gift that we have and what we do is being able to be really honored with getting to know people and their stories. And I think if we all really knew each other, these problems would not exist. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. What a great way to wrap this up. That, That was beautiful. Thank you, Janet. And um, so everybody who stuck with us today and, and made it through, you know, I'm usually got my sparkle on and I did have a little today, but please feel free. Ask Janet and I any questions you have about anything. And we yeah. are going to be so excited to read them. Mm-hmm. And again, just email us. We will put that all in the show notes on how to contact myself and Janet. And we Yay. look forward to seeing, or not to seeing you guys. I can't even believe I just said that. But for you guys <laughs> to yes. listen to us, maybe we'll be doing live someday. You never know. Yeah. To hearing from you guys. And we'll be answering your questions on the first Tuesday of every month. I will air the episode of Janet and Nicole. Woo! Yay! So that being said, you guys, make it an awesome, awesome, awesome day. And just open your heart and just love. Mm-hmm. Love Bye. it. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Believe It, Achieve It podcast. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me directly at NicoleWindley23 at gmail.com. Make it an awesome day.